Oh gosh, Kelly, I couldn't wait to get back in here. You know, last week was so amazing with Diane. Uh, and today we've got a great topic we're going to be talking about. This is like getting really deep, 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 deep. So uh, I'm going to let you start today and tell us what we're going to be talking about. Oh, wow. Well, don't please. I hope you can read that. My writing is not the best. Actually, it looks pretty good. Well, I, you know, I met with a, a man last week and we had talked about our thoughts and uh-huh. You know, men use, typically don't, we don't think of as having stress and anxiety, but, but we do. Mm-hmm. We just have been told not to talk about it and suck it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but anyway, this morning, you and I had kind of mm-hmm. been emailing and about today's topic. And mm-hmm. in between that, I got a message from this person, and he said that I had told him last week that, you know, he has a thought, and it elicits an emotion, and then we behave. Mm-hmm. Just talking about how we think as, as human beings. He said, is it possible that there can be an emotion that elicits a thought? And I thought, that's a great question. And one thing that, that he and I had never really gone over, and I thought, well, this is one thing we need to go over, and I thought it would be good to go over today mm-hmm. because, you know, t- trying to elevate, we're trying to be as real, rational, thinking people as possible. I mean, we, we go further rationally thinking than we do emotional thinking. Emotions can get us into trouble sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we need to be better at clarifying and evaluating the thoughts that are coming in my head. It's called the Socratic method. So- Socrates, clarify and evaluate. Is what I'm thinking, is it real? Is it is it true? Is it untrue? How will I feel five years after this process? How will I feel ten years? Will it even matter? And so it just puts things into a more clear perspective. And uh, so, anyway, there's something in psychology, and it's predominantly in cognitive behavioral therapy. It's called the cognitive triangle. And it's about how we think and how we react, how we behave. So, typically, I I thought this might be good to look at. So, we have a thought or thoughts that elicit an emotion that elicits a behavior. Okay? And so, what he was at, the man this morning was asking me is, can an emotion elicit a thought. And if you look, the arrows kind of point to all around because they can all interact with each other. It's called bilateral. You know, one can become this one or one can become that one. Mm-hmm. You can have a behavior. So, but, so typically, let me, let me talk about the brain too because the brain, we can either process from the bottom up or the top down. So if we have a thought, the thought is coming from the top of the brain and it's going to process down. If we have an emotional response, it's going to be a bottom up. And I've mentioned before that on the way up, we have this amygdala, and it is our fight or flight mechanism. It's going to filter the the emotion I have before I get up to be able to think about it, to put it into words. And sometimes, unfortunately, what happens is that it gets stuck in that fight or flight, and we never get to really the thoughts. And so what happens is, is we may say things that we don't mean, act inappropriately, um, and then regret it like two or three minutes later. Okay, So, so we normally will we'll have a thought. Uh, and let, let's, look, let's take a look at some of these things, like uh, maybe people don't like me. Uh, they, they think I'm ugly. Uh, what that does is it, it elicits emotions, which are negative, uh, depressed, which elicits a behavior, which is I may, not, I may not go to functions because I'm worried about what people think about me. Uh, I may act, uh, I may not speak to people in large groups. And it's all because of these thoughts we have. 
And, and a lot of times what these thoughts are called is cognitive distortions. And so what you might do is you might catastrophize. You know those people that, oh, we're never going to get this deal. It's never going to work. You know, sold the house, but, you know, we've got the contract, but it's, I don't think it's going to go through. Wow. So we, we, we catastrophize. Mm-hmm. It'll never work. Uh, or, or we're black, and, black or white. You know, they always do this. Mm-hmm. Or she always does that or he always does that. Uh, we could always, uh, we could uh, uh, overgeneralize. We can black or white situations, catastrophize, minimize. You know, like I might say, uh, gosh, Cindy, you do such a great job. Well, I don't do as good as she does. You know, we're always kind of putting ourselves down a little bit. Isn't that kind of human nature? Uh, well, and it's sometimes I think people think it's trying to be humble maybe. Um you don't, know, yeah, don't want to put themselves out there as being... Don't want to come across as arrogant or uh, narcissistic. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know what, I, I mean, yeah. I know that I've found that, you know, somebody will go, well, you know, wow, he, they really had a lot of good things to say about you. And I mm-hmm. said, well, it depends on who you ask. And a lot of times <laughs> that go. is true. That is, that's true, I think, yeah. of everyone. So it's kind of perception, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's do I say the things that you like to hear? Mm-hmm. Uh or do I tell you the truth? If I'm if I'm saying the things you like to hear, but I'm overdoing it, then you're going to go. You know, that guy's just saying that to kind of blow me up, mm-hmm. buff me up. But if I'm always well, you know, you could do this. I think mm-hmm. you could do that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Then you know that maybe that's the guy that I'll go to because he doesn't just tell me what I want to hear. True. You know, it's more constructive criticism, mm-hmm. and and I like that. I always like to say my wife is my best critic. You know, I'll. I'll run it by her, and, and mm-hmm. she's going to tell me the truth. She's going to be honest with me. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm looking for. But, but I think we do these two uh, an extreme. We catastrophize. It's never going to work, and it, it lowers your self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's kind of playing the victim. You know, you might be known as being a victim, and you get, you get admiration by others, and that's, who, oh, bless your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, so people are seeking out different things. You know, social media really brings that to light. When you get on social media, you can tell people that are playing those victim roles. And a lot of times they do a very good job of it because every post that they make is something to do with some type of victim role that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard one this morning that this person was in a real funk and things weren't going good, and this is one of those times. And, boy, she was she looked really nice. Mm-hmm. She was really made up, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering how much of that is real, because how much of it was just to get sympathy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know because I know when I'm not feeling good, I don't really go to social media to try absolutely to, not to build me up. I go mm-hmm. to those close to me that mm-hmm. that mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, social media has really provided a platform for whatever it is you're trying to project. Mm-hmm. You know, Socrates said, "If you want to become great, become the person you present yourself to be." Mm-hmm. I love that. I do too. I love that. So, you know, a lot of times we're presenting this image and actually depression, you know, how how close we are to what that image is, there's less de- stress and anxiety because mm-hmm. there's not all this trying to live up to something mm-hmm. or, or to try to remember all the inconsistencies or lies that we've told. We've mm-hmm. got to remember all that. And that's, that's tough to keep up. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty much, I think, and you are too, what you see is what you get. Yeah, you know, I think social media a lot of times is, is I, I feel like it's there to inspire people. You know, it's to be an inspiration to people, not to 
put on something to bring people down. Right. You know. Yeah, me too. Some people use it as a journal. You know, have you noticed that? Sure. Like dear diary. This is how my day went today. Yeah. yeah. And I think most people, you know, your 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 story should stay with you. Yes, exactly. They're sharing too much on social media. Absolutely. You know, our 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 thoughts are really our beliefs, our interpretations, Mm -hmm. our perspective Mm -hmm. uh, about certain situations, and the way that we develop our perceptions is based on our past experiences. Okay, so to expect somebody to see everything the way that I see it is really it's kind of crazy on my part. It would be. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest. I've, I had gone through that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my frustration, stress, and anxiety was based on people not living up to what I thought they should be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and you, you might think that's crazy because we all should try to get people. And I do. But I, I think I bypassed the they should get there and they and, and work with them on that. It was that they should be there in that moment. Mm-hmm. And we're just not all there. We're all at different levels of awareness. And and we've, we've you know, uh, that that's my goal is trying to bring awareness. And I think people fight that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's because the we're not happy with who we are. But really, you've personal awareness precedes personal transformation. If I want to... If I want to transcend who I am, I first have to acknowledge who I am. And then we move from there. How do you get somebody to acknowledge who they really are? Well, I've I've got friends that talk to me and I'm going, if you could just take one moment and look at what you're saying. But it's it's very difficult to get them to do that. It is. You know, and they they say that without pain, we don't change. Good point. Uh, And I've got a lot of pain quotes. Uh, the reason why change is so painful for man is because he is both the marble and the sculptor. Mm-hmm. So we've got to chip away at ourself, and, and it's painful. When the pain of staying the same mm-hmm. is greater than the pain of change, then change occurs. Mm-hmm. What, what usually happens is I'm in so much pain being where I am right now that it's worth the pain of changing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And unfortunately, that's where most people have to be. And you see people probably when they're in some type of addiction situation, that's when they change, when the pain is great enough. When it's causing so much mm-hmm. pain for yourself mm-hmm. and your loved ones, mm-hmm. then you're almost kind of forced into it. But then again, a lot of people don't do that either because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what it is is we've attached so much to the narrative, to the dialogue in our head. And I know this sounds crazy. It sounds crazy whenever I try to explain this. So we have this narrative that's going on all the time. Like uh, when I walked in, you saw me, and you probably mm-hmm. thought, well, he's here. Mm-hmm. So who are you talking to? Right? Because you know I'm here. I just mm-hmm. walked in. Or we sat down and, right? I mean, think yeah, about that. Yeah, you're you know? exactly right. Because, I mean... I was sitting here waiting on you, and you're right. When you got here, well, he's here, yes. No, there he is. Well, who are you talking to, mm-hmm. right? So, so that, that alone <laughs> will let you know that there is a thought process. There's a narrative that's going on in our mind. There's two people back there. Yes. They were talking to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what we some have Some people to, have three people they're talking to, oh, some three people and four. Yeah, yeah, multiple. <laughs> uh, in, in, in behavioral change, I think the, mo- the key component is becoming aware of the internal dialogue. Okay, and that means okay. I've got to be able to listen rather than just 
react mm -hmm. and attach to this dialogue I have, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start becoming aware and listening to what I'm thinking, listening to that dialogue that's going on in my mind. Now, here's the key component to doing that. You have to do that with non-judgment. Okay. Non-judgment of yourself. Of yourself. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and, and two words that have helped me mm -hmm. is interesting and perhaps. Okay. So if I'm thinking something that's kind of strange, I'll go, rather than thinking it's going, wow, that's, wow, that's stupid. You know, I go, interesting. And then that allows me to reassess rather than beating myself up with that's stupid. Well, why did yeah. I think that? I always do that. You know, always, mm -hmm. you know, or, or never, you know, all those words we use, mm -hmm. those really affect the programming of how we think. We think it doesn't have much of an impact because we think it's us, mm -hmm. but it's really not you, okay? Uh, it is the narrative that we have created based on past experiences. It's created how mm -hmm. I think in this moment. Mm -hmm. If I don't like who I've become or the way I think, then what I've got to do is get into touch with the narrative that I've created, the thoughts that make me behave the way I do. So, so at first, what we've got to do is start to listen to what I'm thinking. And you, uh, if I'm saying uh, I'm never going to get that contract, then I say perhaps. Okay, perhaps is a great word. If if you're if someone's guilty of future focus. Like, all they do is think about the future. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to do this, I got to do that. It's not going to work. Well, you just say to yourself, perhaps, because you can't read the future. None mm -hmm. of us can read, tell the future. If we could, we'd be millionaires from picking proper lotto numbers. You Absolutely. Know? So perhaps. Mm -hmm. And it's a non-judgmental thing, too. Interesting and perhaps. It makes you aware, and it kind of makes you laugh a little bit. And it ge provides you a space to change. Okay? And, and I can tell you what I did for myself was my first thing I thought of in the morning. Mm -hmm. I thought, if I'm going to change the internal dialogue, then I'm going to start with what I do when I get up. And I said something that was not very nice. I was, it was a very negative word. Mm -hmm. uh, because when, you, when I hit that alarm and said that negative word, what I do is I try to validate it. So, mm -hmm. you know, gosh, I got all, I got, she's coming in at eight. I got that guy coming in at nine. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm very well justified in saying that negative cuss word when I mm -hmm. first wake. So what I did is I wrote down that negative word, and I thought, what word could I put in place of that thought? And it was opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so when that alarm goes off, you know, I'm on, I say opportunity, even though I wasn't, you know, <laughs> believing myself so much at the time. Mm -hmm. um, what it did is it allowed me over time that it would just pop into my head opportunity. Today I have an opportunity to help somebody. Mm -hmm. I may help one person. I may not help anybody, but that's okay. That's going to be what my role is. Talk about a mindset shift you have to go through to do that, though. I mean, it's, it's a total shift of mindset. You're reprogramming mm -hmm. the computer. We Absolutely. talked a little bit in the beginning that the, the brain is a computer. Mm -hmm. It's a processing machine. Okay. But the processing is only going to be as good as the programmer. Yeah. So do you mind if we talk about something real quick? Sure. A, a particular person. Sure. I mean, let's just talk about my husband for just a second. Okay. He's a professional golfer. Is he going to be okay talking about him? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Maybe he'll listen to this then. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he has got a golf coach, different coaches that have helped him swing. 
This week, he is in Arizona qualifying for a big tour. Wow. I mean, it's like the pressure's on. I talked to him this morning at breakfast, and I can tell. He did a practice round yesterday, shot even par on a course he's never been on, which is so good. That's great, yeah. So today, though, he, it, I could tell the pressure was building on him as he was having breakfast, and I was talking to him. And I, he doesn't get nervous a whole lot, but I, I could tell today he was nervous. And so what programming – would you suggest for him? Okay, so what I would do is I would practice this prior <clears throat> to the tournament, you know, work on some positive mind things that you think of. Uh, number one is, you know, what I do, what I like to do personally is I, I would say to myself, nobody thinks I can, nobody thinks really? I will. Sure. So that's what you would say? Yeah, nobody okay. thinks I can, nobody thinks I will. And that's because from my background and my perspective uh -huh. is that nobody ever thought I could do it. Yeah. And so my thing was always proving other people. I've got to look at what huh. worked for me when I was younger, mm -hmm. and it's worked for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I You are here for my benefit, although my emotions tell me otherwise. Hmm. These moments are here for my benefit, although my emotions tell me otherwise. Another thing that I would stress with your husband is he has done this thousands of times. Mm -hmm. This is muscle memory. Absolutely it is. You, you let... You have trained so hard for these moments. It's the mind at this point. I mean, the game is amazing. It's spot on, but the mind is where it all is now. Yes, and I, I would trust yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they have a caddy. caddy. I'm not mm -hmm. a real big golfer. Mm -hmm. so. But from what I've observed is the caddy's also kind of give an mm -hmm. opinion. I would listen to yourself, listen to your caddy. That's it. Mm -hmm. No more talk. Let the talking is done, and now I'm going to do what I have done thousands of times. Okay. Because we start talking ourselves out of it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and the, the longer you take to do whatever it is, the more internal dialogue is generated, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing, I'm not going to allow anything negative, you mm -hmm. know. This is going to be the ball, the hole. Yeah, and, and you know, I think if it. you hit a bad shot when you're doing one of these tournaments like this, it sets you back mentally tremendously it can and that's what he's having to work on too so so just like quarterbacks mm -hmm. short-term memory mm -hmm. okay that that's sh that that shot is done and over mm -hmm. now we're moving on to the next one exactly so you don't you don't ruminate over it. i think that's what his mind go his mind coach is telling him his golf mind coach is exactly that shot's yeah. over see we're what i would next. do is i mm -hmm. sit down with each person and i mm -hmm. find out some things that work for you mm-hmm uh, it could be your favorite song. It could be something that really gets you going that mm -hmm. you lose track of time. Mm -hmm. And what I do is try to interject those things during the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you would think, well, God, I got to be into it. Mm -hmm. No, you got to get yourself out of it. A lot of times I hear parents that'll go, get your head into the game. No, no, get your head out of the game. We've done this, we've practiced. Once you know what you're going to do, needs a, a five iron, you know, I need mm -hmm. a wedge, uh, I've got a wind blowing. Just stay rational, logical. Mm -hmm. Play the scenario in your head, go with that. Mm -hmm. Don't ever go, what if? That's what he's doing. Uh, yeah. I asked him, I said, what are you thinking about? He goes, I'm thinking about what if. What if I don't make this? What if I don't make this shot? What if I don't make this tournament? What if I don't place? That's what he's thinking yeah. about. So when that person perhaps is really good, mm -hmm. just perhaps, Perhaps and move forward. Mm -hmm. Got to have something. You need to speed bump in that neurology. So you've you've dug a rut. You've dug a neurological rut. 
when it gets to game time, these thoughts automatically start coming. I have a girl that hopefully we'll have in some time. She just uh, competed in a misfit uh, a physique competition this weekend and got won her class second overall. But she went to the, I don't know, world champion of golf, PGA. Mm-hmm. She was a uh, South Carolina Gamecock mm-hmm. and made it twice, was ahead on the 19th hole and blew both times because oh she started thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. And a lot of that, uh, as we talked earlier, has to do with that earlier time in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, there, it's amazing how what happened to us at a, as a child, wherever that trauma is, I call it point of reference. As an adult, we'll revert back to that little child where nobody believed in him and something was said and how we responded. And, and so what we've really got to do, unfortunately, sometimes, well, not unfortunately, I love it, is let's go back there. Let's go back there for a little bit and talk Ooh. about what happened. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and break that down and reframe that child's dialogue or that, mm-hmm. that child's frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Because what could we do? We were children. A lot of times we think it was our fault. You know, maybe mm-hmm. our parents were mad at each other. and We took that on as something we did. And, mm-hmm. and that couldn't be far, farther from the truth. You're a child. And just making people aware of that sometimes kind of clears the slate there and allows us to move on to the next thing. When I was in 10th grade, this happened mm-hmm. to where here I am. And you can look back at all of those moments that we had in our life that were traumatic as great learning points. Mm-hmm. I got over that. Wow, it was nothing. Now Absolutely. I can the next thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so those are those thoughts, and those thoughts come from all over the place. And you know, I uh, I think that I had a lot of frustration. We've we've talked about being in an ownership position and and being in charge of people. How we can get frustrated with people, but I think one thing that that learning this about myself is. Not only do I am, am I more self-compassionate, but I'm more compassionate for others. Mm-hmm. And that we really don't know why this person, this behavior that we look at that is just driving us crazy, really is manifesting from some area of their life that they really haven't resolved yet. Mm-hmm. And so with me, with the compassion, I can kind of go into it a little bit more than, you know, why aren't you doing the job? This is what you signed on for. Mm-hmm. To, hey, kind of tell me a little bit about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there anything I can help you with? And just know that I'm always here if, if you need to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that, 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 I think that's a, a, you know, there's so much pressure these days to excel. And a lot of times what's holding us back is the internal dialogue. So There's no question of that. You know, and even when you are, quote, a success, successful person, you get to a certain limit and you come up on this wall. And it's almost like you can't succeed any any further until you break this down and figure out why you're coming up to this. Uh, it's not even an obstacle. It's just it's just like a wall. Well, well sometimes we're successful <laughs> because of our dysfunctions. <clears throat> I mean, okay. if, if, if I have some dysfunctional things that happened early on, mm-hmm. and I'm always trying to prove, yeah. well, then while I'm trying to prove, I've kind of forgot about my family over here, mm-hmm. and I'm very, very successful at building a company, but in the meantime, you know, some things have fell apart. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a man one time, and I thought it was very interesting because he was very successful. And I said, you know, could you tell me a little bit about that? I talked about modeling behavior, and mm-hmm. I really admired this person. And he said, you know, I like what I did, but I don't like what it did to me. Absolutely. And so, you know, you know, we, we assume, I think, that if someone is successful, that they're just, they're, well, you would know, clarify that a little bit. 
because they're great at what they do. They've got this company, but they're on their third marriage. Exactly. You know, and exactly. So, yeah, they're successful at what they do. But, mm-hmm. you know, I know when I think when you become aware, there's some other things, something's going on. there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think when this person has hit rock bottom, then they may reach out. And uh, you might think, God, why is he reaching out or mm-hmm. she reaching out to someone? Well, because we've 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 become successful at this just because of somebody telling us we couldn't be. And, and we were so focused on that that we didn't focus on the other truly important things in life. Mm-hmm. There's this line that says, you're not truly rich until you have something money can't buy. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. I've never really gone at things looking at the dollar mm-hmm. signs. I've mm-hmm. gone at things to be the best that I can. And if the dollars come, that's, that's just a side effect of what I'm striving mm-hmm. for. And God, you know, doing it the right way can kind of sometimes be the hard way and not the quickest way there. Mm-hmm. But it is the most fulfilling way. I can tell you that. Absolutely. Uh, I agree yeah. with that completely. So our thoughts, they, they create emotions. Mm-hmm. And so if what I'm thinking, uh, I'm always trying to help people. I'm always trying mm-hmm. to do the right thing. That makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes me want to do it even more. And so uh, I believe it was uh, maybe Thoreau said that it is the most beautiful compensation in life, that there is no way you can help someone without helping yourself. Serve and you shall be served. And, and I find that to be so true, you know, that you see people that go out and try to help. But when you do that and you're trying to get a snapshot for the, for the Instagram post, mm-hmm. that, that's not true service. Mm-hmm. True service is when you're giving of yourself to help someone else. Absolutely. And, and that's when you feel, you feel good about the job you've done. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, a job well done is to have done it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's looking at our agenda. If we're doing things, we think, gosh, I should be feeling better. Well, should we really be feeling better? What, what is my agenda? What is my goal? If your goal is to help someone, then help them. Mm-hmm. And then that comes back. But when your goal is to, to get clicks or the admiration of others, because mm-hmm. then you're, you're, your being is always going to be contingent on other people acknowledging you. Absolutely. Right? And mm-hmm. so the only acknowledgement we need is from doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And know ag- internally what you do helps people. The benefit, yeah, the mm-hmm. internal mm-hmm. Uh, the internal wealth or the internal locus of control, the place of control versus the external locus of control. I don't. We don't need people externally to validate us. I mean, I appreciate it, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm feeling good because I think I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where we're at. And I think that's where we want to get people to go. Uh, so... You know, your behaviors really tell us a lot about how you think and, you know, who we hang, who we mm-hmm. hang out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not talking about while people are watching. Mm-hmm. You know, true character is what you do when no one's watching. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can always, I don't know if you've heard it, but you can always tell someone's true character by the way they treat someone who can do nothing for them. You know, you stop Absolutely. and talk to the janitor in the hallway or, mm-hmm. or you go out to eat and the waiter, how do they treat the waiter? Mm. Absolutely. And, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. That's a good measurement mm-hmm. of, Absolutely. Of, of who someone is, truly is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and th- th- there's different cultures. Uh, in Buddhism, I love, they say that 
when what you when what you think and what you say are in line with what you do, mm-hmm. then peace occurs. Your thoughts Absolutely. are shown in your actions, mm-hmm. in your behaviors, and and that's how I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've only known each other a short time, but I can, I mean, I think we kind of know each other pretty good at this point. Absolutely, and, and I we think both so. do have the goal to help people elevate. Mm-hmm. That's that it. Is the goal. That's and it. And by far, by no means are we saying we're there. Mm-hmm. I agree and, with that. I mean, we're we're on our way. Man, it is it is a constant process of self. Self-help, self-care, self-discovery. It is. If you think about it. I, I like to think of it as like a cobblestone path, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm leaving that cobblestone, going mm-hmm. to the next one, and mm-hmm. the journey is incredible. I think before we started the show today, I told you about journaling. You know, I know you're a big journaler, and uh, there's several of our people are kind of trying to dabble into it. My father-in-law was a big journaler. I mean, he's got books and books and books, and when he passed away, it was so fascinating to to scan through those books. I mean, it was just great information. Uh, But last night I signed up for this 14-day program to journal, and I told several of our agents about it today. They're going to do it also. But the first assignment that they told us to to work on was write a letter to your 8-year-old self. So that's going way back. Think about it. Yeah, I think. I mean, you and I've talked quite a bit about you know kind of where we came from and things of that nature. Can you imagine writing a letter to your eight-year-old self and what you would say to him today? Yeah, say maybe write the letter as a parent. Is that no? As your adult, it's you as an adult writing a letter to that child that's eight years old. He's probably in second, eight, second, third grade. He's going to blank school. He's wearing blank kind of clothes. He's struggling in math. He's struggling at home. Maybe his parents, his home life is not that great. Maybe he's getting yelled at all the time, you know. Yes. And he doesn't feel quite adequate because he changes schools a lot. Think of it. You're not wearing the greatest clothes. You're not because you don't have a lot of money. Your parents are barely getting by. You know, and, and a lot of that internal dialogue is, mm-hmm. comes from that small child that mm-hmm. never was told that he was okay, she mm-hmm. was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were told they were important. Exactly. Valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't comp- complimented much. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't a lot of guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I, think, I think that is where we have to go back and we, we have to start. I noticed, I noticed some things with myself going back, because mm-hmm. I told you that I've already kind of gone through that process. But, uh, you know, I kind of felt a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back now as an adult, well, I mean, you can't be responsible for these situations. You're a child. Mm-hmm. You're at the mercy mm-hmm. of, of the family that you're born into. You know, they say you can't pick your parents. That's so true. And, uh, but... The interesting thing now is, as an adult, we know that, but we've never told that to our eight-year-old self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's easy to see it in other people, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to go there in ourselves. You know, and, and what happens, I think, a lot of times we compartmentalize parts of our life. We put it in this little special box in the back of our minds, mm-hmm. and we don't allow ourselves to go there. Occasionally, Something will come up that wants to take us there, 
we have this fight or flight mechanism mm-hmm. that kicks in. Our mm-hmm. heart starts beating, starts mm-hmm. sweating a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, we just avoid. Mm-hmm. We either avoid by changing the topic or having another drink mm-hmm. or having a meal that's high in fat, salt, and sugar because that'll get us out of there. That's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it, it increases <laughs> our dopamine. So we, uh-huh. we leave that place, that mm-hmm. dark place that we don't want to go. And, you know, and a lot of times that, that cave that we fear or that box we fear to go in really holds the treasure to our liberation that we're seeking as an adult. You are so right. Yeah, you it's in that so cave. Right. And and how long we don't want to go there is it's all dependent on us. You yeah. can go in there whenever you want, but you have to go there before you can get Man, to where you want to go. That that is so that is so correct, you know. After after reading and journaling last night to that 8-year-old self, I would encourage everyone to do that exercise. Think about, I mean, in in you in your you put you, you put yourself back there to that eight-year-old child and tell them how it turns out. There's peace in that. There, there, and it's There's that cobblestone such pathway. peace in that. You've, you've come from there to here. Yeah. You know, and it helps you to give more credit credit to mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, pat yourself on the back a little bit yeah. because we've made it here in spite of, you know. Absolutely. And, and I would say, you know, I would say we were raised in a much different world where, you know, could parents have done better? Sure. And that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother show, isn't it? Yes. But I would say even the same holds true for today. Don't let that that distorted childhood or dysfunctional childhood mm-hmm. not let you be a parent today. True. Very true. Because we 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 tend to overcorrect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gosh, I had so hard of a childhood. I don't want my kids to experience that. So I'm going to jump in and rescue them from anything that causes them any turmoil. And, mm-hmm. and the true fact is it's causing us a lot of turmoil. Mm-hmm. And so we want to resolve our turmoil mm-hmm. by letting them not feeling anything. Mm-hmm. It's really more about us. Mm-hmm. And we're, it's that addressing it incorrect because we never address our own. Mm-hmm. that eight-year-old self. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think you start as early as the memories you can remember mm-hmm. and just start writing it down. And if it makes you uncomfortable, write it down and put it away. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I think it's good to go through this with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to send you a lot of things on journaling because I have a lot of information, mm-hmm. but um, on, on ways we can do this. Because it mm-hmm. it's funny mm-hmm. for me, it was kind of a natural thing, but it is kind of hard for a lot of people Start writing it down. Well, you know, a journaling, when I hear journaling, I'm thinking, well, we're going to write in the, a journal of what happened today. But that's not what it really is. No. It's it, that's what I thought journaling was. I don't know how many journaling books I have bought and just wrote in what happened today. It's almost like keeping a list of what went on today. Yeah, but robotic. that's not really journaling. You know, someone told me, and I need to look this up online, you can order this mm-hmm. kit, and it's about my life story. Really? Okay. And it, it helps you walk through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, 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 uh, there's some cues in there, like mm-hmm. when I was in first grade or second grade. And oh, maybe it tells you what, what yeah. first grade or what, what five-year-olds usually are experiencing. That way mm-hmm. you can kind of go back to that period in your life. And uh, I've always thought that might be kind of interesting. That's uh, fascinating. To, mm-hmm. to look into because sometimes we do need help. Well, it will set you free. You know, I, I think internally that kind of stuff sets you free. It do, you know, the only thing to fear is fear itself, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing that we're fearing, you know, uh, usually has no, can't hurt us at all, mm-hmm. you know, and, 
And I tell people, so what you cry? You know, aren't you, aren't you, I would rather cry for one hour mm-hmm. and be good for the next, hopefully, 30 years mm-hmm. than have this still following me around. So true, so true. And they, people don't even know that that's what it is. No, they don't. I, you know, and I feel, I feel so bad if I have, um, I've had a couple of ladies come in that were mm-hmm. in their 80s that are still fighting their weight. Oh, my goodness. It's like, man, they've been fighting their mm-hmm. weight issue for 80 years. And it's not even their weight, you know, when you get down to it, mm-hmm. it's not the weight that's bothering them. It's something else that's bothering them. The weight is just, the, the body tells a story about the internal narrative, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the body's just carrying around this vessel, this brain's three, three and a half pound brain and to protect it. And the brain's goal is to help this body to survive. And so the body really tells a story that your lips can't hide. I say that sometimes, mm-hmm. but... But yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's addressing those things early on mm-hmm. and going through that, unpacking what we've had happen to us in our life, and and until you can do that again, personal awareness precedes personal transformation. You know, I, I know we might be running long, but I want to the Oracle of Delphi. Delphi was this little town outside of Greece, and it was where all of the the, the famous orators the Socrates, the, uh, the Plato, uh, all of these great speakers went, and they would speak for three hours off the top of their head. But anyway, they, they, they built this, this temple there, this, this kind of a red rock type thing, outdoor pavilion. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to have something inscribed over the door. And they thought of all of the oracles, who, who was the wisest? And of the wise, wisest, they determined it was Socrates. And above that, they put in Greek, I'm, I'm not sure what it says because it, in Greek, but I'll say in English, what they, just, what they thought was the most important thing was know thyself. The unexamined life is not worth living. Wow. So now we've kind of come full circle. That to, makes sense completely. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. know thyself. Mm-hmm. Completely makes sense. Well, Kelly, as always, I love talking to you. It's been a great show today, and uh, thank you for all your insight today. It's well, thank amazing. Thank you so much. Thank Again, you. thank you for bringing this because there needs to be this dialogue. Absolutely. One of the things that you talked about today, and we've got to get a guy on here. Dr. Marcus Wade was here last week, and he talked on the locus of, of control. Of control. Yes. Oh, my God. Internally yeah. and externally. Yeah. Fascinating talk. So we got to get him as a guest here sure, as well. Sure, that'd be great. Yeah. Guys, thanks for tuning in today. We uh, love you joining our podcast, Elevate. And you can find us at the different places that we're going to be putting in the comments. Thanks again for joining us.